good morning. Welcome. As you see, we're not in the sanctuary. <laughs> Unfortunately, the um, neither, neither the boiler nor the outside units were working this morning when our trustees got here. And they put in an emergency call to the company that is now servicing us, and they came out a few minutes ago. They were here working. So I'm sure things will be back to normal soon, but it was still too cold, we felt like, to subject you to sitting in the cold. So since it was all warmed up over here and everything was still in place, we decided to switch over here. I hope that's okay with everyone. One thing I do ask you to do is at the end of the service, if you are able to do it, I know some of you won't be able to do it, if you just pick your chairs up and carry them to the back and hang them on the, the, where the chairs go on the chair racks, that will help us uh, get the uh, Family Life Center back to normal for preschool tomorrow. I have a few announcements before we begin our worship together. I'm going to try to do these in order. Our supper at 6 is this Wednesday. I hope you'll come and share food and fellowship. Supper at 6 this Wednesday. Uh, oop, I got out of line. Confirmation class starts today at 4 For man's 4.30. Something wrong with my battery? Is it working? I need some banners. Um... Next Saturday, well, it says it's green. Let's see here. Next Saturday is daylight savings time. That means we do what? Spring forward. Maybe that extra hour of sunlight in the evening will help push this winter weather on out of here. I hope it does. I know you agree with me. Next Sunday is the Girl Scout Sunday. We recognize the Girl Scouts, but more importantly, they will have cookies. And then, I'm going to be on this one. Okay. And then Ellen, remember Ellen, our adopted child from Uganda on the 15th. Here's the tickets. Aren't they beautiful? And Rochelle here actually designed this. And the t-shirts. Here's a picture of the t-shirts. And if you will, would like to purchase a $5 ticket to go, and this is the major fundraiser. We're going to have a silent auction, live entertainment, uh, a dinner, birthday cake, and ice cream. It's on Sunday, March the 15th at 5 o'clock to get behind our big Lenten emphasis uh, for little Ellen who lives in Uganda. Now the t-shirts are a little bit more, but you can order them by size. And if you want to see Katie or Paige, thank you, they will take care of ordering it for you. And again, this was designed. And you see it's got a picture of Africa with the colors of Uganda and a heart where little Ellen's heart beats. I think that's really pretty nice. So hopefully you'll get behind this Lenten emphasis and come and participate with the meal and the silent auction uh, that, that evening. Okay. All right. Then let us begin our worship together.
Lord be with you. Let us pray together. O God, our Deliverer, guide now the people of your church that fallen our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated. Let our children come forth for our children's time. Good morning. Everybody's up here looking at me like, what, what are you supposed to do? I don't have any idea either, but we'll figure it out. What does it mean to forget something? Well, let me ask you this. Has anybody ever forgotten anything? Yeah. Pretty common, isn't it? Good. Makes me feel a little better because I totally forgot I had children's sermon this morning. <laughs> True story. But... What can we do to remind ourselves of something? Maybe you said, this week I promise I'll clean my room. And then Sunday night, right before you go to bed, your mom or dad might say, hey, I thought you were going to clean that room. And you say, what? Oh, I forgot. 
what can we do to remind ourselves of things? What can we do? How, how might we not forget to clean our room or do something? What could we do? You could what now? Yeah, yeah, you could you could mention it in your prayers every night. You could make a sticky note maybe. I put everything in my phone. I make reminders in my phone. Um, my friend Will, I don't think Will's here this morning, but sometimes if you're talking and he doesn't want to interrupt you, he'll, it looks really funny, but he'll hold his fingers like this so that he won't forget that he has something he wanted to say, but he doesn't want to uh, interrupt you. Well, here in church, there's all kind of things that we do to remember certain things. While I'm sitting right here, I see, see these letters right here in remembrance of me. When we take communion, what does uh, Pastor Curtis say? Does anybody know? Take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. What about it's Lent season and Easter's coming up. What about this right here, that cross? What does that remind us of? Jesus dying on the cross. That's exactly right. And at Christmas tree, we have Christmas, I mean, at Christmas time, we have Christmas trees up, and we put those Christmas trees up as constant reminders. And we see the lights, and we can remember of our Savior coming and being born here on earth. So there's all the time there's reminders, but it's important for us to set our own reminders too, so we can do little simple things like maybe um, say our prayers before we go to bed, or maybe have a little uh, devotion with, with mom and dad, or come to Sunday school or just do all of those things so that we can remember what we're supposed to do as Christians. There used to be a really popular bracelet that said WWJD. Does anybody know what that stands for? No? That was a little before your time. It's a long time ago. But it stood for what would Jesus do? And people would wear those bracelets and when they were met with a circumstance or something that came up, they would look at that bracelet and they would remember to do what Jesus would do. So even though we forget things, we can set reminders for ourselves and we can help to try to remember them. We can also look around at all the different things and remember what Jesus came and, and lived and ultimately died on this earth for us. All right? All right, let's say a prayer, okay? Dear Lord, help us to remember, to remember the things that we're supposed to do, to remember the things that we're not supposed to do. Help us to remember that you came and you lived and you died for us, and help us to never forget. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. first reading of scripture today comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 22, verses 22 through 23. I will declare your name to my brothers. In the congregation I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Let us bow our heads and for prayer. Oh Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Everlasting God, you do not hide your face from those who call upon you. And we lift our praise this day in the midst of this congregation. And as part of the families and nations of the earth, we worship your holy name. We're reminded this day that you promised us an everlasting heritage and called us to walk before you blamelessly. But we must confess that we have not been blameless. We've not been fruitful in our works. We've denied your truth. We failed to take up our cross in obedience to your word. And even though we know the law brings wrath, we have been disobedient children. But in your mercy is life. Give us now your mercy. And forgive us, O oh Lord. And remind us that we've been entrusted with the task of calling all the earth to remember you and to turn to you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may proclaim your deliverance to everyone and tell of your mercy even to the coming generations. Jesus taught us that he must suffer many things, be rejected and die, so that our salvation might be won. Today many suffer from illness of the body, mind, and spirit. We know of many this day who are listed on our prayer list and who we name in our hearts now. We pray, O oh Lord, that you'd comfort all those whom we lift up before you and you would deliver them and help us to accept your good and perfect will. For we pray in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
please be seated. Luke chapter 23, verse 39. Here now the reading of God's holy word. Excuse me. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence? We're punished justly, for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then the thief said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord. May the words of my mouth and the utterances of our heart be found acceptable, O Lord, in your sight. You are our Redeemer. Amen. Well, last week, if you were here, we started a series on the seven statements of Christ from the cross. And in the first words, we saw that Christ forgave the very people who were torturing Him. And that forgiveness led Him to pray to His Father on behalf of them. It was a forgiveness that was possible only because the Father dwelt in Jesus. Just as that kind of forgiveness is only possible in our lives if Christ dwells within us. And so today we move on to the second statement from the cross. And, and I tell you the truth, Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise the first word was forgiveness. The second word is paradise. And I want us to think about this for a few moments and look at what happened before Jesus gave this wonderful promise to that criminal hanging there beside of him. Now remember the scene. Everyone was mocking Jesus. They were making fun of him. They were cursing him. And yet this one criminal did not. I believe that the reason is found there in the text. He had a healthy fear of God. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And without having a healthy fear of the Lord, I don't really believe that a person will ever progress to the point of asking Christ into his heart. I don't believe that it's possible for that heart to become less hardened without some fearfulness of the Lord and what could happen to that hardened heart. The other criminal on the cross had no hope of finding salvation because he seemed to have no hope of life after death. And even facing certain death, he belittled Christ. He mocked Christ. He had lived a life of respecting and fearing no one he had ignored what is so clearly stated, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, when Jesus said earlier, before any of this happened, Jesus said in Luke, is recorded in Luke 12, He said, I tell you, and He's talking to those people who are listening to Him, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body and after that can do no more. No, fear the one who after the killing of the body has the power to throw you into hell. You see, we must remember that Jesus is not only our Redeemer, but He is also our Judge. And He will either, you will either be redeemed or judged. Uh, you either have salvation eternally or damnation eternally. And it's important for us to be reminded of this ever so often. There are too many people today who live in the fear of the wrong things. They, they fear what other people think about them more than they fear what God thinks. They, they fear what other people might say about them more than they fear what God has said. It's important for us just to be reminded this day that whatever a, a man or a woman might say or do to you, 
that's evil is only temporary. But the judgment of God and the salvation of God will last forever. <clears throat> so do not fear mankind, humankind, but have a healthy fear of the Lord. Because as the book of wisdom says, it's a, the beginning of knowledge. So that's the first lesson. The second lesson, I think, also comes out of the mouth of the thief. He said, we're punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this one has done nothing wrong, talking about Jesus. That criminal saw his own guilt and at the same time saw the innocence of Christ. Friends, I believe that a person must come to the realization of their own guilt before they're ever going to receive Christ in their hearts. They have to understand their own guilt and sin. Because only with that will they repent and turn to Christ. So it's important for us to see our own guilt. But it's also important for us to see the innocence of Christ, who was completely innocent who took upon himself our punishment. One of the uh, greatest inspirational writers, I believe, in the world today is a guy named Max Lucado. I'm sure many of you have read some of his inspirational works. And he, in one of his books called Six Hours, One Friday, uh, he said these words, and I want to quote what he said. He said, We are guilty, and Jesus is innocent. We are filthy, and Jesus is pure. We are wrong, and Jesus is right. Jesus is not on that cross for his sins. Jesus is there for our sins. End of quote. The thief taught us that day with his words that we must recognize our own guilt and the innocence of Christ. And the third lesson I think that I saw here was this. And it comes to us in verse 42. In that text, Jesus says the words that we're looking at today. And he says it right after this thief says this. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, what is so incredible about that? It's straightforward reading. I don't guess you might think there is anything incredible about it. But what you must remember, what you must see, is this scene in your mind's eye. You must see the Lord hanging there with thieves on either side of Him who are being executed because they violated the law. They are being executed under Roman justice. Their execution is justified under the civil law. And the only people witnessing this, this are a bunch of so Roman soldiers, crowds of people who are against Jesus, except for two people. The only two people there who were Jesus' friends. One was John, the disciple that the Bible always says Jesus loved. John. And Jesus' mother, Mary. Those are the only two people there looking up at Jesus and seeing this scene that care for Him. And yet this criminal, this criminal recognizes Jesus, who Jesus is. In an instant, he sees what's going on and believes something that the other disciples didn't even do. They all abandoned Jesus. They all left. They all thought that there was no hope now that Jesus was dying on the cross. In their despair and their fear, they abandoned Christ. All but John and his mother were left at the foot of the cross. Christ's mother. And yet this man, this criminal, says to Christ, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Isn't that amazing? This man knew that even though Christ was on the cross, He knew there was something special about Him, that there was something about Him that attracted Him to Him. There was something He knew that this... He just knew somewhere in His heart 
or spirit or both that this was not the end of this one that they mocked and called king of the Jews. Who would have ever thought that the common criminal would have more faith that day than the rest of the disciples who were taught at the feet of Jesus? Who Jesus had even told repeatedly that he would face death. You remember a few weeks ago we were up on the mountain of, of uh, transfiguration with Jesus and on the way down uh, he told the disciples don't speak of this until after I rise again. It seems to me like <clears throat> that this is an important point. <clears throat> and here's how it relates to me. At least as a pastor, I see this a lot. Through the years, I have noticed this. That sometimes people <clears throat> who have never grown up in the church, people who haven't had Bible study, people who have never been in Sunday school, never heard the stories of Jesus, never participated in Lenten observances or Advent observances or Easter observances, but all of a sudden something happens in their life. They come to Christ. And they're oftentimes more energetic, more on fire, more full of the Holy Spirit than those of us who've been here every day, who've worshipped every Sunday. Somehow or another, their faith seems stronger, more on fire than people who've grown up in the church. Why is that? Why does, does for some reason, us seasoned Christians have a tendency to lose the excitement of our faith? And sometimes with it, our faith then becomes so weak that we're able, not able to withstand anything that comes our way. We allow anxieties and worries and temptations and depressions and discouragement and all these things that Satan throws our way to have full reign of our life. It seems to me like we need to be reminded this day that if we want to hear the Lord Jesus say to us sometime today you will be with me in paradise, we have to believe and have faith, just as much faith as that criminal did that day who had seen or not heard Jesus preach one word. Who had not been at His feet, had not listened to any of His parables or any of His stories, but had simply seen the same scene that we're looking at. The scene of all those who are mocking Him, crucify Him, this innocent man who did nothing except to say things like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Today you will be with me in paradise. You know, Christ told us in John 14, in my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you it was not so. And I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. Do we believe that? You know, ministers often use this Scripture at funeral services because we know that there are people out there at that moment who have faced for the first time their mortality through the death of their loved one or their friend. And we know that they need to hear this wonderful promise that Christ has made to those who will believe and have faith. Remember me, Lord. Today you will be with me in paradise. The question has to be when we make a Lenten journey is do we have the faith of the criminal on the cross that day? Do we believe that this life is truly not the end? Do we believe in another kingdom beyond what we can see in this world? Do we believe? Now I think that the last lesson and one of the most important lessons for us to get from this, from this text today also comes from the very interchange between the thief and the
the Lord. I think what it says is that it shows us that it's not too late. It's not too late. It's never too late to turn our hearts, our minds, our spirits back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when the criminal said, Lord, remember me, remember me today, remember me, the Lord didn't say, I'm sorry, you haven't been in the synagogue every, every Sabbath like you should have been. The Lord didn't say to him, I wish you to just turn to me sooner in your life, son. It's too late now. The Lord didn't say that, did He? The Lord said clearly, without hesitation, today you will be with me in paradise. It's important for us to know that it's never too late to renew our commitment to Christ. It's never too late to come to Christ. It's never too late for anyone you know and your friends or family to turn and come to Christ. If we're sincere, He will give us the gift of salvation. But let me make something clear. I, I, I wouldn't be much of a minister if I didn't say this part. You are playing a dangerous game if you decide that you can just wait to the last moments of your life to turn to Christ Jesus. First of all, you've got to remember that you have made a conscious decision to put it off. And because of that, one might wonder how sincere you really are. You must understand once more this scene. These two, you know, they were going out and getting their death penalty as they deserved. They did not know that they would be hung on either side of the Lord of creation. That thief never expected to encounter Christ that day. So I think it's important for us to remember that yes, we can wait to the last minute and the Lord will still forgive us and let us into paradise. But if we've lived a life like that, I'll just about tell you that there's a chance that you'll never turn. So I encourage you this morning, don't put anything off that you need to do to make yourself right with the Lord. And I believe when the Lord says today, He means today. I believe that to the Lord, God, all of creation is alive to Him. I believe that we can say that because we know the Spirit immediately returns to the Creator to be redeemed and reunited with this body or to be judged and sent to everlasting torment. I believe, without a doubt, And I hope you do. This morning, I want to pray that we will realize the innocence of Christ who took our guilt upon Himself. And I hope that, that you know that that requires us to respond to our Lord. And I pray that you have faith that death isn't the end, that Christ indeed has a kingdom, that there's a world beyond the one you can see, one free of sin and evil and death and disease. And I pray that you realize that it's never too late to turn someone that way. Friend, family, or foe, turn them towards Jesus Christ. So today, let me leave you simply with this. The first word was forgiveness. And the second word that always follows the first word is paradise. This second word, paradise, always follows the first word, forgiveness. The Lord forgave us and then offered us paradise. We can be like the one criminal 
or are we going to be like the other? That's the good news today for us. Amen. Let us stand and sing our closing hymn, 415. Now receive the blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triune God, one God, now and forevermore. Amen.